Well, good morning and welcome to Milton Bible Church Online. It's great to be together this morning. It's great to have you here. So excited that we could be together and especially um, congratulations to those who are celebrating the 4th of July to our American cousins and friends. I hope you are having a fabulous day today and a fabulous celebration. Well, today we wanna to talk about joy despite any kinds of circumstances. You know it's gonna be a bad day when you look outside and the bird that is singing in the trees is a vulture. Or you know you're gonna have a bad day when for 10 minutes you look for your glasses that eventually you find on the top of your head. Or you know it's gonna be a, a tough day when you pull on your pants and uh, they're backwards but they seem to fit just fine. Or you know it's gonna be a bad day when your horn goes off accidentally behind a group of Hell's Angel bikers on the highway. Well, today I wanna to talk to you about joy despite circumstances. Despite circumstances. In fact, joy is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And we're gonna continue our series on the fruit of the Holy Spirit now. It's when God begins to get a hold of our hearts and we trade up from momentary happiness to a sense of joy in our lives that goes right down uh, to the soles of our feet, no matter what is going on around us. Every relationship needs joy, not happiness. So let me explain to you what I mean. Happiness is external where joy is internal. Happiness depends on circumstances where joy is based on hope. Happiness is based on chance where joy is based on Christ. In God's word, one of the first things that is apparent to me is that God wants his people to be joyful. In fact, it's one of the greatest paradoxes of the Christian life, where sometimes if you look at the Christian community or you look at the, the online presence of Christians, that you think they were the, some of the most miserable people in the world. And I just kind of scratch my head for their lack of joy. But as Christians, we ought to be some of the most joyful people in the world because of the hope we have in Jesus Christ. Let me give you some word pictures that express joy. First word picture uh, that I want to give you are the words bright and shining. There's a passage in 1 Samuel chapter 18, verses 6 and 7, where uh, David comes home after slaying Goliath. And uh, David and, and the enemy has been destroyed. The giant of, his, of, of their, their lives have been killed. And the women, they're singing and they're playing instruments and they're, they're, they're excited and they're joyful. Um, and the Hebrew word there for joy literally means bright and shining. It's kind of like a six-year-old um, right when they're about to open their Christmas presents on Christmas morning. It's kind of like the joy that's exuded from a bride as she walks down the aisle and is radiant and is beautiful. That's the joy that bright and shining means. Another expression for joy is leaping and jumping. In Acts chapter three, verse eight, it's in the New Testament. It's a Greek word from the story 
of the two apostles, Peter and John. And they're going to, they're going through a gate. They're going to pray at the temple. And there was a, a, a lame man that was begging. And Peter turns to this lame man and says, silver and gold have I none, but what I give to you, I give to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Stand up and walk. He takes the fellow by the hand. The fellow stands up and immediately his ankles, his legs are strengthened. And the scripture says this, that not only was a man healed, it says that he began to leap with joy. You see, this word for joy expresses leaping. It's an expression of joy that has no bounds or no limitations. Another word picture that we have for joy in the scriptures um, means running around in circles. It's kind of, uh, you know, when a person is so ecstatic, what they're saying and what they're doing just doesn't kind of make sense. They're just kind of running around and they're kind of just so excited and they're so joyful and they're so, you know, uh, full of excitement. You know, that, you know, they're just kind of running around. And, uh, and that's, that's another word picture uh, of joy in, in the scriptures. You know, when uh, our kids were growing up, we had a dog, beautiful dog. Uh, her name was Abby. And whenever someone would come home, she would run to the front door and she would be so excited to see, see us. She would sh- wag her tail. She would, in fact, wag her tail so much that her whole body would just be shaking like crazy. And uh, that she, she was just so happy it w- and f- and filled with joy. And you know what? If I had come in the house and I forgot something in the car and I went back to the car and then I came back into the house and I came in again, she would run to the door again and she would just shake and, and, and be just so excited. Her whole body would be going back and forth filled with joy. That's the kind of joy we're talking about in the Bible that Christians ought to have deep down in their soul such that it becomes fruitful. It becomes something that is seen and it's obvious that we're people of joy that goes down way deep. Do you know, uh, the word for joy in the New Testament, the Greek word is kara, kara. And the root word where kara comes from is the word charis. Charis, the word charis means grace. It is the unmerited love of God in our lives. It is the love of God that is unstoppable, knows no bounds, that God is for us, and that his love will, 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 will always be with us. That's charis, the love of God that we don't deserve, but he gives it to us anyway. Kara is the word joy that comes right out of that love. They come from the very same root. And that's because there's a relationship between grace and joy. In other words, when you begin to think about the grace of God, his love in our lives, it ought to bring you joy. There's just a joy in knowing that we are God's children and our sins have been forgiven. That's why the angels um, in heaven, when they came to the shepherds on the night that Jesus was born, they announced, they said, behold, we bring you uh, good news of great joy. Why? Because they knew the coming of the Messiah ushered into the world the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, joy is probably the word in the New Testament that most 
describes Christians. It's used over 70 times to describe the inner quality of a believer's life. In the book of Acts, you often read it. You read that they were filled with joy. They had all kinds of problems, but they were filled with joy. And the secret of joy is belief. The secret of joy is belief. And a few weeks ago, we talked about the relationship between belief and behavior, that there's a direct relationship to what we believe and how we behave. You see, when we have the right God perspective, we have joy despite our circumstances. And when we have the wrong perspective, you know what happens? We're, we are robbed of joy. So I want to just go through three truths are three things I want to pull out of a, just a great passage of scripture in Romans chapter 5 verses 1 to 11. So if you have a Bible, I invite you to turn there. We're going to show it on the screen, uh, these verses, but they're just some great verses that really talk uh, about joy and where it comes from and how important it is in our lives. So just three things about joy. In verse 1 of Romans chapter 5, he says this, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we, here it is, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now I want you to look at the next phrase, because in verse three, Paul begins to build on that. He builds that, he puts that down as the foundation, and then he gets more excited, and he begins to build on that. And so in verse three, he says this, not only that, I want you to watch how Paul builds this chapter. He says, it's incredible for, you know, when we realize what God has done for us. Um, he says, I get great joy and happiness when I know in my standing with God. But not only that, and he begins to build, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Now, you need to take your pen or your highlighter or whatever it is, and you need to highlight the word knowing, knowing. Remember, our joy comes from our belief, and our belief affects our behavior. Verse four, it says this, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Verse 6, for while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly, for one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one uh, would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now I want you to look at verse 9, because he's continuing to build. And so he says, since therefore. Now it's interesting, isn't it? In verse 3, he says, but not only that. And now in verse 9, he's saying, listen, but there's more. Do you see how he builds it? Listen to what it says. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. And then are you ready? 
Look at the next phrase. More than that, he says, more than that, we also rejoice. There's that word joy again. We also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Three things I just want to pull out of that passage really quickly. First of all, joy, first of all, comes uh, from us having peace with God. Joy comes from having peace with God. Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, it says in verses 1, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And you know what? For me, this came to pass when I was 19 years old, and I first heard the good news about Jesus Christ, and that if I received him as my Savior, the one who died for my sin, the one who died and rose again, if I received him as my Savior and my Lord, and I began to follow him, um, that I would be saved. And you know what? I did that. I prayed a prayer. I said, Lord, come into my life. I said, if you are God, if you are real, man, make yourself known to me, and I'll give you my life, become my Savior. And you know what? Everything changed after that. I remember being on a city bus in the city of London, and I said to my buddy next to me, who was a Christian, and he didn't know the prayer I had prayed the night before, but I said to him, you know what? You know what, Tim? I think I'm getting religious. And you know what he said to me? He said, that's good. That's a good first step. Everything in my life changed after that because I knew that I knew that I knew that Jesus Christ had come into my heart and into my life, and I was changed forever. A joy came into my spirit when I realized that I had peace with God, that my sins had been forgiven. So you know what sin does? Sin separates, separates us from God. But Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, it reconciled us to God once and for all. And when I came to the realization that I was justified, that I was declared righteous, that there was no condemnation to those who were in Christ Jesus. Do you know what? I had peace with God, and that peace gave me joy. You know, sometimes I think something goes bad in our lives, and someone might turn to us, and very bad, poorly, they say, oh, I guess the, the big guy must be mad at you, you know, because something, you know, went wrong, or something went bad, or something didn't go, you know, maybe the way, you know, someone thought it should have gone. Just really bad theology, really bad thinking. Or sometimes we think if my child is hurt, we think, you know, punish me, God. Don't punish my child. I deserve it. You know, they don't deserve it. Again, wrong thinking. Wrong thinking. Right thinking is this. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And what we should say is this. No, you know what? God and I, we are good. God is not mad at me, and God is not mad at you. Paul is saying this about joy that's found in Jesus. He says three things. First of all, we have peace with God that brings us joy. We stand in the grace of God. In other words, our position is in this big bubble of love, God's love, and that is where we stand. And then thirdly, he says, joy comes from having this hope in the future. We rejoice in the hope that we have in Christ. There's a great passage of scripture that I absolutely love. 
it talks about the joy of the Lord. And it's just a scripture verse of great comfort. It's one of my favorite verses and one I think every Christian should, should, should um, commit to memory. It's Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. Let me read it to you, and it'll show up on the screen. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save you. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Let me read the last part of that again. He will rejoice. There's that joy word. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love and he will exult over you with loud singing. Here's a picture of God who rejoices over us, who exults uh, that we belong to him and that, we, that his love abides uh, upon us so much so that he sings a song over us loudly, loudly. It's an incredible, um, it's just an incredible verse. And it's an incredible, an incredible statement of God's love for us, for us who've received Jesus Christ as Savior, his son, the love of God that was poured out on the cross. I'll tell you something. Joy comes from knowing the wonderful peace we have with God, from God, in, in a relationship with him. It's absolutely spectacular. But the second thing that where joy comes from, joy comes from understanding truth. Listen to verses, uh, verse three. It says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and, enduring, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame. Let me tell you something about people with joy. The people that really have joy also have problems. In fact, sometimes they have really big problems, but they understand truth, and their belief allows them to have joy despite their problems. And we know that because in verse 3, he talks about people who have joy even in the midst of their suffering. Why? He says, because you know how it works. You know how it works. You see, it's that understanding that when we're going through difficult times, a dark period in our life, when people are asking questions, and, and sometimes we're confused, and Paul says this, let me tell you something. You can have joy in the midst of financial difficulty, in the midst of medical uh, problems, physical difficulty, in the midst of a job difficulty, in the midst of family and relational difficulty. Listen, even in a pandemic, you can have joy. You can have joy going through very, very dark, deep times in your life. If you understand beyond the shadow of a doubt, the purpose that God is for you, and he has a purpose in all things. You know, just a few chapters earlier in Romans chapter 8, um, he talks about how all things work together for good to those who are called according to God's purpose. Now, all Paul is saying is this. People who have joy have the knowledge and the perspective that God is in control of all things. Let me ask you something. If you knew beyond the shadow of a doubt that every single thing that happened in your life 
was within the realm of the sovereignty of God, that God was totally in control and that everything that happened to us had a purpose. And that because we are God's children, he's going to use what is happening to us, whether it's positive, negative, good or bad, light or dark, for, he's going to use it for our spiritual development, our spiritual growth, for the betterment of our life, for the advancement of his kingdom. Can you imagine, if you knew that beyond the shadow of a doubt, how would that change the way that we live? And how would it change our attitude? And how would it change our heart? And how would it change the joy that we have within us? See, that would be a joy that would confound the world which only knows happiness at a party or where they get a present or, you know, when, when, when they say something good happens. Can you imagine how the world would be watching us if they saw that kind of deep joy within us in spite of the problems that they know we might have? You see, Christianity isn't some walk in the park without problems. In fact, Christians have as many problems as non-Christians have. You know, I don't believe coming to God is going to solve all your problems, but I think there is a difference, not in the amount of problems, but in the perspective that we have towards those problems and the peace and the joy that can be in our lives as we walk through those problems. I mean, what would happen to you and me if we truly believed that God was in control of every area of our life? That the steps of a good man, not an evil man, not a wicked man, but a good man, are ordered by the Lord. That means that where I am right now is exactly where God desires me to be. You know, even when the three Hebrew children were in the fire, where was God? God was right there in the midst of it with them. The writer of Hebrews says this, that he will never leave us, he will never forsake us. And in the Greek, it's an emphatic negative, which means he will never, 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 never leave us. It's for the doubters amongst us. That he'll never leave us. And that will never change. And for you that aren't sure in the difficult times of your life, if God is around, and that God can handle it. That verse is for you. You know, I've noticed in my working with people over the years that there are certain joy killers in people's lives. Let me just mention one. I think the big one. You know what I think is the biggest joy killer in people's lives? I think it's fear. Fear. We see a lot of that in the pandemic. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 25 says this, Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down. You see, fear does three things in relationships. Fear makes us defensive. We get on the defensive. We argue easily. Secondly, fear makes us distant. What we do is we push back, we isolate, we put up walls, and we kind of walk away and we insulate ourselves. Fear makes us distant. And then lastly, fear makes us demanding. Demanding because we have a need to be in control. The last point, point number three is this. Joy is the work of God's spirit. Look at verse five. This is what it says. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts 
through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. The love of God, the, the place where the, the charis of God, where the kara of God comes from, the joy of the Lord comes from, it's poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. It's a ministry of the life of the Holy Spirit. Total agreement to Galatians chapter five that says that joy is the fruit of the Spirit. Do you know the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit isn't like a Star Wars force. It's not some kind of mystical energy, not some kind of power that kind of floats through the air and maybe lands on you and you have some kind of experience. No, the Holy Spirit of God is a person, person. That's how the Bible describes it. And that person pours out joy, pours out joy, gives us peace. Do you know the person of the Holy Spirit? And then secondly, do you know the joy that the Holy Spirit gives? Do you know, I'll never forget one of the most impressionable nights of my life was when I was a young pastor, just in my 20s. And I was called to the hospital because there was an elderly lady in our hospital that, that the family had gathered around and they, uh, they said that her time was, was very, very short. Her name was Joan McDaniel. And all, all, I see, even though it was um, 35 years ago, I can see Mrs. McDaniel's face right in front of mine. She had these big, thick glasses, you know, Pepsi bottle uh, bottoms that made her eye, eyes look, look larger than they were. But she had this indomitable peace and joy about her. And I, I just, you know, I'm in my 20s. I, I don't have much life experience. And I come alongside her, her bedside and I just said, Mrs. McDaniel, how are you doing? Now it's a stupid question because the doctors already said she's probably gonna die that night. And you know what she said to me? She said, oh, she said, um, Pastor DeMarsh, that's what, you know, we were very formal back in those days. She said, Pastor DeMarsh, things could be much worse. And inside I'm thinking to myself, my goodness, you're about to die. Um, your family's gathered around. How could things be much worse? And I, I just said to her, what do you mean by that? And even though um, she did die a few hours later, her mind was sharp. She was completely present and in the moment. And she said to me, things could be much worse if I didn't know where I was about to, where I was about to go in just a little while. She said, I have peace with God. I have my family around me. And uh, she said, you know, things could be a lot worse than they are right now. I prayed with her. As I said, a few hours later, she passed away, ushered into the presence of God rejoicing in the presence of God as she was rejoicing in her hospital bed just a few hours before that. And I'll, I'll tell you, even though I was officially her pastor, in those moments, she pastored me. She taught me. She showed me what joy truly was by the spirit-filled woman that she had become in walking with God for all those years and knowing 
where her eternal destiny lie. Fabulous stuff. I'll never forget it. Shaped me, changed me forever. Let me tell you, the joy of the Lord. It is the work of the Holy Spirit within us as the Holy Spirit of God pours out the love of God into our lives. Let's go after that. Let's seek more of that. Let's ask for more of the Holy Spirit within us and let's give more of us to the Holy Spirit that he would fill us and pour the love of God into us so that we might know that we know that we are loved by God, that we belong to him, that he is sovereign over everything in our lives and that we are not people who walk in fear. I'm gonna pray that for me. I'm gonna pray that for you right now as we close. Let's pray together. Father, I just wanna thank you for the woman, Joe McDaniel, who many years ago taught me what it meant that in the midst of the most difficult night of her life, she just had nothing but joy because she knew you as Savior and she knew that you were in control. And I pray for that knowledge in my own life and in the lives of those who are listening, that they might know that they know that they know that God is sovereign and in control and that God loves them with an everlasting love that he will never leave them or forsake them, but that they are in this bubble of his love and they stand in his grace through faith in Christ. And so I just pray, Lord, that the Spirit of God would fill us so that we might be people of joy, radiant, with a shining uh, brightness as we live this life, dancing, singing, filled with joy before you, before one another, and before the world. So Spirit of God, we just say, come. Build us to be fruitful people. And may the fruit of joy be evident in each one of our lives by your grace. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, once again, thank you so much for listening. It's great to have spent some time in God's word. It's always so encouraging. And I trust that you'll take that scripture, Romans chapter five, verses one to 11. You'll read it over and over again. You'll take a look at Zephaniah chapter three, verse 17, and, 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 and commit that to memory. And may joy, the joy of the Lord, be your strength today and every day as we go forward. God bless. Looking forward to seeing everyone again soon. Uh, have a great week.